Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor's Ministries podcast. So excited to be joined again with by uh, Gary Hennenfent. And, uh, you know, for all of you that are listening, Gary has an awesome podcast. It's called the Lit Bible Cast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, probably wherever you listen to podcasts, it's available. So we just want to encourage you to, first of all, go listen to their podcast and also follow them on social media at Hennenfent ministries and, and gary thank you so much for joining us again today yeah thanks guys thanks for having me you know last time we we spoke we had such a good conversation um re really i was blessed even yeah. i know everyone that listened was blessed and so we're really excited to see what the lord does again today um i know you've got some things on your heart ready to jump on and so we kind of are ready to just get started um you know you had mentioned to us that you kind of wanted to talk about god can do it again so why was that? Why was that put on your heart today? Yeah, uh, just kind of getting ready and and praying, and um, you know, the Lord had kind of given me that word a few months ago, and then every now and then He'll have me go back to it, and yeah, it just seemed right for what we were going to talk about. But yeah, that scripture in Psalm one twenty six, um, which Brother Hagen would quote it all the time, but it said, "When the Lord." turned again right so it's key verbiage in that verse so you know lit bible cast so we were about respecting the text of the bible so the text says uh the text says right i always tell people that you guys young guys <laughs> and the text doesn't say that's that answers a lot of bible questions all right but the text says when the lord turned again the captivity of zion we were like them that dream then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing then said they among the heathen, the Lord's done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. So, but <laughs> that phrase, right, the Lord turned it again. The psalmist says that. And so uh, God had just kind of brought them through a situation and turned it around again. Well, you know, I don't know. Most Christians, right, you're going to have situations that you're going to need God's help more than once, right? So, I think we've all heard somebody tell a testimony, you know, of God's faithfulness maybe 30 years ago, and we're glad about that, but God ought to have done something in the next 30 years, right, to add to whatever God did to did for you before, right? So, in other words, we don't just want to camp on the things God's done in the past. Actually, you know, David, over there in 1 Samuel, he said, I killed the lion, right? He said, I killed a bear. And what's going to happen right now? God's going to do it again. He said, I, I'm going to kill this uncircumcised Philistine. So, you know, if you just kind of studying through the Bible, uh, you know, Exodus, right? That's whenever God brought them out of um, Pharaoh, right? Out of slave, out of the slavery to, to Egypt. So, you know, that text, Exodus 14, uh, verse 10, and, you know, sometimes you don't always have to quote it, but for this for this reason, I'll, I'll read it out to you. Exodus 14, verse 10 says, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us to die in the wilderness? So, right, doubt and unbelief. Is, this, is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone. It's better that we die here, right? Paraphrasing. Verse 13, Moses said, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. All right, verse 14, The Lord will fight for you, which actually Joshua 
right? He uses that same verbiage. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. So verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel, go forward, lift up your staff, stretch out your hands over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And, um, the Egypt, verse 18, jump down. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen, right? So actually, just kind of brief departure, but in Judaism, this is, you know, for believers, our, what you'd say the sacred story for Christians is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But in Judaism, this is their, that story, right? Or, you know, they would say their sacred story. So verse 21 Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. I mean, we've heard this story, right? But you think about it, that happened, you know, and you're watching it on the news. The people of Israel went into the midst of, on, of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued them and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, all his chariots, and all his horsemen. Y'all remember that story, singing that song, <laughs> Children's Church. And in the morning, watched the Lord in the pillar of fire of cloud, looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. All right. And then verse 26, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. So, verse 27, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and returned to its normal course and as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. I'll jump down to verse 29. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left, right? So God supernaturally, right, brought them out. But he didn't only bring them out because that was the first part of what God was doing, which was bringing deliverance. But the second half, which this generation wasn't able to receive because of doubt and unbelief was the conquest so i'm not going to read as long but joshua 3 so if god did it once point being he'll do it again right so joshua 3 verse 11 says behold the ark of the covenant of the lord of all the earth is passing over you before you into the jordan now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of israel from each tribe of man and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the lord the lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of jordan the waters of the jordan shall be cut off from flowing and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap verse 14 right so what did god say in psalm 126 what did the writer say when the Lord turned again, right? So here's God doing it again. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped into the brink of the water. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away. And verse 17, now the priests bearing the Ark bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground, right? So first, man, if you just see, you know, a lot of times if they said, man, isn't it great that God delivered us out of slavery or out of bondage? Yeah, but if he's, it's one thing to bring you out, but it's another thing to bring you in, right? And so, in other words, the faithfulness of God, somebody said, God, the devil's never going to fight you over last time. He'll always fight you over next time. 
Yeah. And so that just means that as believers in our lives, sometimes we can look, man, wasn't that great? Maybe my salvation experience, or maybe I got filled with the Holy Spirit, or maybe I got healed that very one and only time. No, but God can absolutely, you know, maybe you, you know, your business, whatever it is, you need a financial breakthrough. God did it once, but he's not the God of the one time. He's the yeah. God who can do it again and again and again and again. And actually just take that thought one step further. So is, you know, through, okay, they, they brought out of slavery, right? That has a nation. Then they, they conquest, they establish the tribes, all of that. Well, then, because their hearts are turned from God, you have the two kingdoms, they split and all that. So what happens is they go back into bondage, right? So yeah. you kind of have to know your Bible a little bit, but they're in what they call the Babylonian captivity in Isaiah 43. And what happened is after 70 years, God brought him out again. Actually, verse 18, I'm going to read in the message translation. It says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. This is the context of this, of this verse. Be alert, be present, because I'm about to do something brand new. And I like what this one commentator said about this exodus. He said the original exodus did not exhaust all of God's power, right? Mm -hmm. So that just means for you and I is the first time or the last time that God brought us out of a situation that did not exhaust all of God's faithfulness, all of his ability, all of his power toward you. That if God did it before, if he did it in the in the times of uh, the Old Testament, right, he did it in the times of Jesus, that God not only can, but if you'll trust him, he will do it again. And so the greatest characteristic of God is really his faithfulness. So yeah. <laughs> I was preaching this one time. Uh, here recently and the holy ghost brought me a real spiritual illustration of mine which is rocky right so have y'all seen rocky one then you got rocky two and you got rocky three and rocky four rocky five so the the plot is the same right rocky's in trouble he's like on the ropes but guess what you know what he has he has is so funny i was preaching this at this church and the guy literally started playing eye of the tiger at the sound <laughs> man while we were preaching this but you know that's the example is like man god is more faithful than rocky right so we think man rocky's in trouble well you know rocky's coming back when you bought your ticket and you're sitting down or if you're watching the rerun you know that god yeah. uh, that rocky's coming out of it right so how much more faithful is God than the writers of the script of Rocky that, man, if he did it for the, if he did it for the Israelites, brought him out of Egypt, he brought him out of Babylon, not only that, but he brought them into the promised land twice, brought the initial conquest and then brought them back, that God is absolutely faithful to his promise that he can and he will do it again. And I love that example because, like you said, with Rocky, when when you buy that ticket, you know Rocky's going to win. Or there's going to at least be Rocky number seven. Or there's yeah. going to be a sequel. There's going to be something that comes next. He's never just going to be down and out. And and that's the same way with that it is with God because we encounter different fights. It's not always the same fight every single time. There may be a different opponent. There may be another a different challenge. But no matter what it is that we're facing, we always know the outcome if we will believe God, if we will put our trust in him. 
every single time. And I love in, in Luke four, and I just want to read this, but you know, when Jesus, when he was in the synagogue and he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach. He said, I'm the anointed one to preach the good news. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed and downtrodden. And he's saying, basically, you're going to go forward. He said, whatever it is that's held you captive, what it is, whatever it is that's hold you back, I'm sending you forth as delivered. And God's not only interested in restoring you, he's actually interested in sending you forward. And so a lot of people feel like they're just stuck in this continuous battle, kind of like that Rocky example. It's like, man, when am I going to get out of this fight? When is there going to be conclusion to this? But the reality is, is that God wants you to go forward. He wants you to move past it. It's not that you're never going to face another battle, but just being able to go to that next battle with the confidence that, okay, he helped me win the last time. He's going to help me win the next time. He's going to do it again. And so there's always this progression with God that we are always on offense and we're always going forward. Yeah. And Gary, I love what you said about the devil doesn't, you know, tempt you on the last time. It's the next time because it's almost like the, the Rocky example. I'll just continue with it. He had a new opponent a right. new challenge and it's like well yeah i got past the last one but this new one and it's like we sometimes do that with you know problems or things going on in our life yeah got me god got me through that last thing but this one there's this going on and this circumstance and this situation just because it may look different the the root of it's the same god's yeah. gonna bring you through and that's something too you know tanner is a huge ufc fan so he's, he watches all those fights. And a lot of times what will happen is a fighter will go against somebody who's like, who seems to be lesser of an opponent. And yeah. then they'll, they'll move on to the next one. And it seems like it's in a greater opponent, but with God, it's not that way. They're all defeated. They're all, we're already yeah. going into the battle knowing that we've won. And so mentally we have to go into it that way. We can't rank different things that we're facing as a greater challenge or that as if it takes more anointing or, or more grace to yeah. get through it. Yeah, absolutely. We have to understand who really is on our side. You know, who is God? Is he just somebody that's barely going to bring me through or is he really going to bring me through? Like the scripture Joshua was reading. Yeah. And Gary, you know, as a healing tech, we've encountered that a lot with people that we're dealing with sickness. Sometimes we rank different sicknesses on different levels and uh, I'm sure you've noticed this, but sometimes somebody's dealing with a headache and someone's dealing with cancer. And uh, if we're not careful, we'll pray harder, more long in a greater way for the cancer than we would for the headache. When in reality, it takes the same amount of effort and grace to defeat cancer as it would for a headache. And so, you know, somebody uh, that, you know, is dealing with something in their body or even emotionally, because a lot of times now, you know, it's not just physical symptoms people are going through. There's emotional things that are happening in people's lives. But, you know, Gary, someone that's facing a battle right now, what's one way you can encourage them to look back on things God's brought them through and, and how they can conquer what they're facing right now? Yeah, so, well, Hebrews 10.23 says, hold fast to the confession or the profession of our faith because he is faithful that promised, right? So if you and I, you know, whenever we learn, so if somebody says, well, I haven't seen the faithfulness of God, well, then come right over here and, and look at how God came through, you know, time and again. But, you know, a couple of things, right? So if you're believing, um, you know, for God in a, a certain area, first of all, you know, in healing school, and I don't know if, I can't remember who taught us this, and I don't know if you were there yet, but 
we would say you've already believed God for the biggest miracle, which is to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, right? So that's really like a reference point as far as God will do it again in that you've really attained the hardest thing up front. Yeah. So you've got that. But then um, number two is that um, is is the Holy Spirit, right? So in other words, that we when uh, if you're if you're saying, hey, uh, show me the faithfulness of God. Well, a lot of times Dad Hagen said praying in the spirit. If I could get somebody filled with the spirit, I could get them healed a lot more frequently or easier because of the fact that God became more real to that person. Actually, let me pull this up just a second here. But I know y'all know this book here. Wigglesworth, right? Ever increasing faith. So actually, I was just going through this the other day, and he said this. He said, "Never listen to humans human plans. God can work mightily when you persist in believing Him, in spite of discouragement from the human standpoint." And of course, this is the saying he's kind of famous for: "I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved only by by what I believe." And then he said this. So he just, and I'm not really departing from your question, Josh, is that somebody's believing for something. He said, no man looks at the circumstances if he believes. And then he said, no man relies on his feelings if he believes. And then he said, the man who believes God has his request, right? And actually... He said, every man who comes into the Pentecostal condition can laugh at all things and believe God. So, right. So he said, anybody. And so he's talking about, um, you know, he's ministering to a guy that was uh, named Lazarus because he was dead. Right. So Wigglesworth raised 21 men, raised 21 people documented from the dead. And he basically said, no man looks at appearances when he or she believes God. So if you're faced in a circumstance that seems difficult, you always have to keep and fix your eye on the promise and, and rather than the problem, right? And so in other words, am I standing on the promise or standing around the premises? So all of us constantly, right, we have to come back and feed our faith on God's word. There's no shortcuts and there's no discounts. If you're a ministry gift, five-fold ministry gift, no, you don't live by your gifting or anointing. You live by your faith, just like any other, just like any other Christian. So you have to come back and say, all right, I believe God concerning the promise. And actually, you know, I was listening to Dad Hagen last week teaching on Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, uh, poverty, sickness, spiritual death. And he talked about uh, Lillian B. Yeomans, right? She had her, she was a new, a doctor, medical doctor in New York. And this uh, lady that was in this home that she ran was given up. Uh, she had some, she had, I can't remember what the disease was, but she said, do you, you, do you say, you say I, Christ took, right? According to Galatians 3, 13, I don't have this condition. <laughs> I don't. So this is pre-Dad Hagen. This is pre-Wigglesworth. This is pre-Ramus. This is pre-all of that. <laughs> and here, and this is in New York. This is not, you know. And so she said, after three days of saying that, I got the revelation. She said, she came up to Lily V. Yeoman. She said, I don't have that anymore. So if you say, well, I'm facing a situation and she said she got it, she received her healing. So it doesn't matter what situation you're facing. You constantly come back to 
you know, Tanner's point, we're, yeah, we're, we're already in this position of having been redeemed, not only that, but because of where Jesus, like what he's done, but also where he is, which is in us. So we, we live out of that place, but we come back to, right? Peter said about, you know, when Jesus said, where are you going to go? Peter said, where can we go, Jesus? You have the words of life. So when you face a situation or like, I don't know where I can go, you have the words of life. Actually, it's funny. Josh, that you said Luke 4, 18 and 19, because I've been meditating on that verse. And actually, three times in that verse, Jesus said the purpose of the anointing or the purpose of the Spirit of God. You know what words in there three times in those two verses? Was to preach. <laughs> and yeah. so he said three times the purpose of the anointing is for me to preach the gospel, right? So just a little side journey. But you know, I've been to Africa six times and uh, I was there uh, talking to this pastor once and I can't remember, maybe I shared this last time, but he said, you know, the missionaries nowadays, they come and build. He said, don't come and build. He said, come and preach. <laughs> he said, after you preach, we will build. Amen. And so that's just a side journey, but the devil is constantly trying to minimize the proclamation of the gospel. And sometimes he'll use well-meaning, religious-sounding people that say, be the hands and feet of Jesus, which we need to be. But somebody has to be his mouth here in the earth. And so yeah. you cannot allow somebody to talk you out of, well, Jesus don't need a mouth. No, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has the express purpose not to build. And we're not minimizing building. But in Ephesians chapter 4, when he held captivity captives he didn't give buildings unto men he gave gifts unto men and the purpose of the ministry gift is to go out and equip the saints so you cannot allow because the devil will try to use things to minimize the gifting or the calling or the message that you've been assigned to carry and he will absolutely if he if he brought resistance toward paul well you know he'll bring resistance toward you and i but jesus said come on the anointing the purpose of that is to preach the gospel. And so sometimes if you ain't got nobody else to preach to, then you preach it to yourself, right? So that's where we talk about, man, when you start saying, all right, Christ has redeemed me. Christ has redeemed me. I'm facing this situation. If it's a sickness or Christ has redeemed my child or whatever it is, I will not back down in fear, but I will lift up my voice. And when the Lord turned again, right? So in other words, he's not he's not exhausted. <laughs> he's not worn himself out and he's retired and he's like, all right, I'm just turning over the ministry. No, God is still on the throne and he's enabling his believers to say, hey, look and rely on the faithfulness of God. And what Wigglesworth say, never listen to human plans. God can work, work mightily when you persist in believing him in spite of discouragement from the human standpoint. So that means, right, we will be discouraged naturally. All of us, right, we're in this world. We're not of it, but we are in it. So we're going to face situations where we're saying, man, I'm dealing with this situation in my body. I'm dealing with this situation in my family. I'm dealing with this situation in my, in my finances. Never, I like what he said, never listen to human plans. Right. Yeah. You got a lot of people right now. They got human plans. Wigglesworth said, don't never listen to them. God can work mightily when you persist. So that means, right, he wouldn't say to persist if it wasn't necessary for you and I to persist. So persistence is necessary when you're facing a situation and you really have to learn. Um, you know, actually, Peter, 
is just studying over there in Acts chapter 9, when he raised up Dorcas off the deathbed, he put everybody out of the room, right? And so sometimes you have to say, I'm putting everybody out right now, and it's just me, maybe a couple people who believe like me, and nobody else, because you've got to learn to say, all right, I'm believing God. So you have to watch, right? Even, you know, if you're fa facing a situation, well, not that you're trying to hide it, but you're just, you want people that are going to come into agreement with you, and not people that are going to sympathize your way into unbelief and into doubt right so you say no i pull myself back into what god says right so if you come back to this he said um never listen to him plans god can work mightily when you persist in believing him right so it's constantly saying all right i believe god uh no man looks like looks at circumstances if he believes right so if you think about rocky it don't look good right but rocky has one thing right if you have belief right you have really the most important ingredient to come out on the other side you, oh. in other words you know i know tanner's played sports and you know playing sports and you can see when you're playing the other team when they lose the belief ah i got you I got you because you no longer believe as I've got to get you to the point where you no longer believe. So the devil, he may, he sometimes tries to get believers to that same place of unbelief, right? Where they don't believe. And so you pull, how does that faith in God come? You just, you just come back to the words of life and you say, all right, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And you may have to say it a little while, right? In fact, I think I heard Youngie Cho say, he said by his stripes, I was healed. And he had a little timer like this. And he said he said it like a thousand times and he was totally healed. What does that mean? Well, I have to say it a thousand times to be healed. Absolutely not. It just means that it it took that long in that situation to move himself out of, right? Because we know that that's a promise that belongs to us. But sometimes God's never working on him. It's working on our ability to say, all right, I believe and I receive, right? And so a lot of people, they'll say Christ has redeemed me for two minutes and they'll give up. Well, <laughs> you're probably going to have to stay stick with it a little bit longer. But if you will persist, right, as Wigglesworth said, and you say, I'm not looking at appearances, I'm not relying on appearances i believe god well what will god do well, what did he do for moses he parted the red sea what did he do for joshua he brought them over on dry land uh, he uh, actually joshua chapter 10 uh he made the sun stand still right in other words he was just brazen enough to say all right god i believe you despite what despite circumstances despite the way things look and so uh, faith works the same in every area. So once you learn how faith works, then you just say, all right, this is what's going to happen. So you constantly just bring yourself back to what the word says, how true it is, and push past mental assent. Because mental assent looks like faith, sounds like faith, but it is not faith. So mental That's assent right. will be like, I know the Bible says that, but no, you have to go over the word until you lose your butt. You see what I'm saying? In other words, I'm not going to interject the butt anymore. And it may take a little bit, but it's never on God's part. God's not, he's not withholding, right? So we just move ourselves into a place of, all right, I receive. Now somebody who's not had, not been religiously taught usually can receive even so much easier because they'll just take you at your word. You lay your hands on them, right? And they're just healed, right? Just 
by the power of God just goes into manifestation, goes into operation. So um, if you're facing a circumstance, if you're facing a challenge that looks difficult, that looks impossible, then uh, the formula is the same for everybody. And that is to find a promise from God, go over it and just go over it for yourself, personalize it and stick with it and stick with it until you get it. Because the word right will not return void god watches over it to uh to perform it so he will perform it but he just needs somebody to, to decide all right father i'm taking you at your word this is really all i have right so you and i all we really have i mean people put right now they're putting trust in a vaccine but really the only trust that you and i really have is faith in god right and so uh, eventually everybody in their life all of us hit a situation the only thing we can have is the word but uh, somebody told dad Hagen, they said, I don't have the same faith you have. He said, that's true. He said, he, he, he didn't even disagree. He said, but you have the same Bible as me. And so in other words, the, the faith will just come out of spending time in the word, or if nothing else, just start putting the word in, start listening to it. And it is impossible to have the word coming in without faith growing. Right? So you understand we've been, every man's been dealt the measure of faith. We know that, but at the same time, Paul told the Thessalonians, Nikens, your faith grows exceedingly so your faith can grow and so sometimes people do need their faith to increase and then they're able to receive and, yeah. and you know something you said gary you brought attention to the fact that tanner played sports and i think you probably you know went to tanner because you never heard that i scored 17 points in a junior varsity basketball game oh no. if you had heard that you would have obviously <laughs> went to me and not the guy who won a, a college right. basketball championship what is that we'll, that's we'll, nothing <laughs> we'll forgive you for that but tanner you know in those moments you know there is a like a mental discipline you have to have and you know sometimes there's people yeah. on your team people around you that are not believing the same way you have to Still, even when people on your team are thinking, man, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if we can get out of this hole that we've dug ourselves yeah. into. And, and so how do you, you know, keep that mental discipline that, you know, like Gary was saying, we have a promise from God, but there does take a certain mental discipline that comes into it where we have to be able to say, you know what, maybe I'm not seen in the natural, but this is still a promise from God. And how does that yeah. relate to what you've gone through? You know, there's somebody told me this once, the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And so it's, it really comes down to kind of what you were saying, Gary, what you're feeding yourself with. We, we all have the same word, but what evidence are you giving yourself? What are you feeding on? Because ultimately that's, what's going to come out of you. So whenever you're faced with the situation, whenever you're faced with the problem, whenever everything around you is going crazy, what you've put on the inside of yourself is going to come out. Brother Hagen didn't have better faith because God just chose him to have, you know, so much faith. He spent time in the word. You, you can tell just listening to Gary speak today, he spent time reading the word. He spent time meditating on that scripture he talked about. He spent time in these things, and those things ultimately come out of him. And it's yeah. the same with us. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, get in the word. Yeah. The word is what's going to save you. The word's what's going to heal you. The word is the answer. That is the answer. And so it's time that we got to get our focus off of the mountain and get our focus on the word. Yeah. And I think too, even when it comes to an opponent, like we were always going back to Rocky. That was such a great example, Gary, but he had to train for his opponent. Right. He had to be ready for what it was that he was going to face. And so whenever he got into the battle, he wasn't trying to figure out what his opponent does. He already knew what the opponent was going to do. 
So he trained beforehand. We are not ignorant of the devil's devices. We're not ignorant of the way that he's going to do things. We already know that. So we've got to prepare ourselves so that when we're in the battle and we're facing a situation, that's not when we need to start training. And that's the same way with meditation. And, And one of the importance of meditation is meditating on a daily basis. And for those of you that don't know, go back and, and listen to some of our podcasts that we've talked about meditation and how you rehearse the word of God. You speak the word of God and you take the word and you pick it apart and you make it real for you because what happens is you're building yourself up. So whenever you do face your opponent, when you do face a circumstance, you're already locked and loaded. You're ready to go. You know how they're going to move and you know the, the, the moves that you have and the ways that you can combat what's coming against you. And so it's not, you know, when you're in the battle, that's not the time to start training. You got to train beforehand. And like we were talking about, that is just preparing in the word of God and not only preparing yourself, but knowing as you're preparing that you've got somebody that's greater than whatever it is that you're going against. Greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. So what's on the inside of you, the person of God on the inside of you, it's the God that created all the universe, the one who spoke light into existence that word that he spoke he said let there be light light that word is still traveling you know science has even proven that the universe every second is continuing to expand so that word from the very beginning is continuing to go forth and so whatever god has spoken in the word of god is still true for you today and it is still going forward and one thing i I want us all to be encouraged about is that god is always on offense he's always going forward. And we may have talked about this in the last podcast, but you know, if you're, uh, if you're a a goalie in soccer, uh, you, that's the most like anxiety ridden position, I think in soccer, because you're always playing defense. You're always wondering, you're always having to figure out, does your team have your back? Is there somebody else that's going to score? You've got to always protect, but we're on offense. We've got the ball. We're going to score. And so we've got to make sure that we're not just hiding behind this shield of faith, but that we're actually swinging the sword, that we're actually going forward and, and making our mark and, and leaving a mark on the earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just love the offensive mindset, offensive versus defensive. You know, a lot of teams in sports will lose games because they get passive. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we'll lose battles in the natural when we get passive. But when we get aggressive, when we get on the offensive, Jesus didn't live a passive life. He didn't just sit and, oh, I hope nothing happens. And, oh, I'll just sit back. Jesus was not passive at all. And ultimately, that's what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to get us passive, isolated. Um, But that's that's not not the the life of faith that we're called to live. Yeah. And I think, too, there's there's a lot of people that, um, you know, I think one of the biggest temptations, one is isolation. But the other one is to keep your mouth closed. And a lot of times when we're going through something, we'll try to figure it out in our mind and we'll rehearse these things. And it's a form of meditation, but we'll rehearse things in our mind and we'll try to figure it out. Um, But really, we've got to get our words lined up with the word of God. And so, Gary, someone who feels like they've kind of been trapped and they know God's done something for them in the past. They know he's brought them out, but they're facing something where they just feel like they're they're trapped what's the step they can take to get out of that, that feeling of being trapped? Yeah. So yeah, if you feel you're being trapped, I mean, I think of David in the Bible, right? So like uh, Tanner was saying about not staying on the defensive, but going offensive, I think 
those guys, that army was literally captive, right? They're like this giant, right? Which we can take as a type of circumstance, which we just looked at about not. And so David said, then I'm not going to sit here and take this no more. I'm not. In other words, so what has to happen is uh, somebody said, you know, you change, people change for different reasons. And what, sometimes it's they change because the pain of staying the same is greater than change, right? Uh, yeah. Or they realize the rewards of change are greater than staying the same. So you have to, every individual, right? So in David's life, he realized there was a reward. <laughs> like if I kill, if I kill this guy, I get the king's wife. I get all this stuff. And you know, he was motivated, right? In other words, he recognized that if, if there's a change here, there's a reward. Well, so you have to, I think brother, brother Copeland talks about making a quality decision. In other words, so nobody can really, you have to really decide that for yourself. So in other words, you know, and I know Tanner does personal training, and so, you know, Tanner can give somebody the, you can give somebody all the tools, right? <laughs> but what you cannot do is do the exercise. You cannot do the nutrition, right? And even though he could say, here's what you're supposed to do, he can give you all the diet and all the exercises. But what he cannot do is consume the food for you or do the exercises, right? So <laughs> with God, it's like you have the word in front of you, you have the tools, but what you have to decide is you have to move yourself into a place of saying, all right, right? In other words, I am making a quality decision that I purpose to move forward and, and go forward with God. So, so, you know, in other words, if you feel trapped, you're really not trapped. That's just... um. It's not true. You're just, what you have to do is it, once you decide, you have to decide that I purpose in my heart that I make a quality decision that I will just do what the Bible says. I mean, there's really no shortcut beyond that. So you say, all right, I choose just kind of like what Josh was saying there, that this answer is really in the word. And this answer is with the word coming through me. And so if I can, and really the, 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 the initial evidence or the initial act of faith is by speaking. So if you really believe, you have to be what's called fully persuaded, right? You have to move yourself to a place of full persuasion that you, until you act on God's word, right? Like in Romans chapter four, says that Abraham was fully persuaded, right? Um, that God was able to do what he promised. In other words, he moved himself to a place of fully persuaded. So that's what you and I, that's the battle, right? Is to say, all right, I'm not just up here with my head, but I'm, I'm down here with my heart, that I'm in a place of full persuasion, that if I will take this word for myself, if I'll let it come through my mouth, that God will absolutely act upon it. But it's just like the guy that's being trained. He has to be fully persuaded until he's acting. There's something up here that has not yet clicked. In other words, he knows how faith works. He understands what faith will do for him. He understands what diet and exercise will do, but he's not acting, which means he is not in faith because the, the, because James said, Faith without works is dead. So once you move yourself into a place of corresponding action, aha, now you have something that God can work with. And now you have something just like, right? So you bring people back to 
when you received Jesus as Lord, you at were moved to a place of action. In other words, you decided, man, I need Jesus. I'm going to answer the call right now. I don't care who's around. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to, I'm moving myself to that place. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter five, she pressed through, right? Those that were around. And she said, if I can get to Jesus, I shall be whole. Well, for you and I, we have Jesus in us. We just, we yeah. get get to and through his word but and the guys in luke chapter five that they um they were so determined to receive from jesus that they threw stuff off the roof to drop that man right in the presence of jesus right even blind bartimaeus right in other words people that are absolutely they want an answer they want a response well um Jesus said in John chapter seven, he said, uh, come unto, come unto me. If you're thirsty, right? He said, I've got, I've got it. Right. So, uh, he's got what Jesus has, what is, he has the answer, but a lot of times you have to be persuaded to say, all right, <laughs> I am at that place. Right. Cause until you just want to play as, as long as you just say, I'm just playing, you, you're really just playing. Right. So you're like, all right, I want this. I want this. I want this. Well, you can want it, but, uh, you, Mark 11 says those things, what sort of things you desire. So in other words, you have to move into a place of, all right, I desire this. And when I desire it, it's not that I'm trying to earn it because you you cannot earn it. Jesus already bought it and purchased it, but you're just acting on it, right? You're acting on the word of God. And the first act is to, you know, to say what God says. And then there's other corresponding actions, you know, as, um, to respond in faith, but you have to basically move yourself into a place of fully persuaded that, all right, I'm fully persuaded that this is my only answer, right? In other mm -hmm. words, I'm not, I'm done playing games. I'm not playing around anymore. I've moved myself into this place. And that is, that, that'll be individual for different people at different times, but God is no man's debtor. If you hunger after him, right? Jesus said, knock and you a knock and the door will be open. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given, right? So Jesus is of is not withholding right in other words there's just sometimes it's a, it's on the part of uh you know we would say the seeker uh in the sense of you just have to hunger and thirst for whatever it is you have to have the desire that i want this more than anything else right so come back to this quote again it says never listen to human plans god can work mightily when you persist in believing him in spite of discouragement from the human standpoint so yeah josh to answer your question it's just an absolute persistence right yeah. it's just an absolute persistence like if you study uh over there in uh luke 18 and luke 11 you have the two parables you have the friend at midnight and then you have the widow Right. And the, the judge, he he took care of the widow. And it says because of her continual coming. In other words, he said she just beat me down. And actually, verse nine says when the son of man comes, Jesus telling that parable, will he find faith? And so I know you guys have probably heard Kirk Dubois talk about it, but hootspaw, right? And so what hootspaw is, is just this absolute, right? You know, with, uh, cannot be defeated and I will not quit. The attitude that I'm grabbing a hold of this answer, like the, like the widow or like the friend at midnight. And I think that's the part in the Western world because of our the smart devices and all of that, that if I can't have it in three seconds, right? I mean, I, no, there's, there's more than three seconds sometimes. You're going to have to say, I'm going to persist, right? Dad Hagen said, 
Dad Hagen said that he was preaching somewhere for, for a pastor and he felt paralysis come over him while he was staying at the parsonage where he was holding a meeting. And he said, he said that uh, the devil told him this time you're not going to get your healing. Right. So he tells the story and he said that. He uh, he was laying there with one eye peril was open because it was paralyzed <laughs> and he was stuck awake because of his eye paralyzed, staying in the parsonage, holding a meeting. And the devil told him this time you're not going to get healed. And he's laid in the bed all night and laughed at him. And he said and he said, ha ha ha, Mr. Devil, I'm not trying to get my healing. Jesus already got it for me 2000 years ago. And he said, I did that. And then they said, did it work? He said, look at my face. It's not paralyzed. Right. So if you know, faith works the same work for anybody, work anywhere, work on anything. But people think, well, if I'm going to have to do that, you saying I got to do that for three or four hours, there's going to be fights of faith where you're going to have to say, I'm not, it's not works, but I am enforcing my victory right now, despite of outward circumstances. I'm not looking at these circumstances. And so if dad Hagen had to do it, right, I know we think we want a discount, but somebody said, do you think you're going to have a believer's authority just, just by reading the book? He said, no, you're going to have to do what he did to write the book, right? In other words, you cannot just take a shortcut sometimes. This is not a microwave Christianity, and people don't always like that, but we're not saying you have to earn it. We're not saying that, you know, Jesus, but you do have to enforce it. And sometimes it takes moving your spirit to a place of, all right, I'm not going by um, – by my mind, I'm not going by outward circumstances. If it means laughing here all night with my eye stuck wide open, I'm putting a stake in the ground that I believe God's promise no matter what. And that's like the hoots paw. That's the determination. That's the persistence that Wigglesworth talked about. Just like in sports, you when you're in a battle, you're in a battle and it can go either way. And you can you have got to outlast the competitor. Well, the good part about that is that's where your identification comes in. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You're not doing it in your own strength. You're not doing it in your own ability. You're doing it out of, in other words, you have the deposit that you need to outlast them, but you've got to make a demand on it. You've got to make a withdrawal on it. You've got to access it by faith that there is something deposited on, on the inside of you that will absolutely enable you to overcome in that situation. But you have to test it, right? You can have a truck with four-wheel drive this truck got four-wheel drive and all you do is stay on the interstate you ain't really tested that four-wheel drive you can say greater see this in me but there's going to be a time where you have to take that for a test ride take it off-roading and see how that thing actually works and if somebody tells how do you know greater see this in me well i took that for i was in a fight and i outlasted the devil in that situation and so there's really no shortcut in that part of it. You got to have that dogmatic persistence that you're going to dig in. But, you know, when you once you do that, right? So I think about like like MJ, right? He won he won he did a three-peat twice, right? Or Tom Brady, he won seven Super Bowls. So what that means is and you know, give my hockey team a plug, back-to-back -back championships that we just lost in the last one, but we'll get them <laughs> next time. But what that means is once you figure out how this works, right? So Brady 
he's figured out how to win. Jordan figured out how to win. In other words, once you once you start, that's what we talk about. He'll do it again. Once you know, okay, ha ha ha, 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 ha. I recognize this. This is a fight of faith going on right here, right now. I, okay, I wasn't really want to necessarily settle up and square down, but evidently this is what I'm going to have to do. Once you start, once you've seen God come through in your life, and you say, okay, situation may be different, right? Like UFC, it may. They look different it, it, whatever but the principles are the same we're just gonna have to dig in use our faith release our faith trust who's on the inside of us and and persist and not rely on the way circumstances because circumstances they're constantly gonna you know they're gonna constantly come at us really on a daily basis sometimes on an hourly basis you're gonna be hit with things right so you yeah. constantly all of us none of us are exempt you got to come back and say all right what does the word say I need the words of life to overcome in this situation. And I'm going to persist. I'm not, I'm not in this. Pastor Hagen has that message called this ain't no eight second ride. In other words, this fight may last longer than eight seconds, but yeah. the only fight the believers called the fight is the fight of faith. But on the other side of that fight is the victory. Amen. Um, Man, that's so good. And I love that you brought up Tom Brady because, uh, you know, there was a story going around talking about how, you know, he's obviously, he had won six Super Bowls. He had been there, done that. He saw what it took. And then in this last one, he was texting his teammates like three or four days before the Super Bowl every single night. We're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. He just had this confidence because he knew that he had been there before. He knew what it takes, what it took, and he knew that they had what, what they needed within them. And we have to be able to be that for ourselves. But there also may be somebody in your life that needs you to be that for them. You may need to be the encourager saying you can do it. You can win, you can overcome, and you might be the one supplying that word. But man, this was such an awesome podcast with you, Gary. And, you know, just want to remind all of you guys what God has done before he is continuing to do, and he will do it again. And so again, just a reminder, the lit Bible cast is how you can listen to Gary. I believe they're putting one out at least one per week that you can go and listen to them. And then also on social media, Hen and Fent Ministries. So Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. It was awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we'll see you later. Talk soon, Gary.